Come on, bitch, bitch, let's go. David Yonta from Behind the Velvet Rope, one of my favorite podcasters out there, just saying. Uh, He's going to be helping me talk about some stuff that's been happening. I've been, he's got access to these celebrities that like I can't get over, you know, the people who come on his show and he asks all these really great questions too. And so I thought maybe he could help me with some questions I'm having with some of the people that I like think are interesting. So David, thank you for coming on. Um, are you, well, first of all, thank you for having me, Dana. Are you just saying I'm one of your favorite podcasters? I'm behind the velvet rope just because I'm here today. Or do you say that when I'm even not here? You know, what happened? Be honest. Yeah, I, I always am. I don't have any other button really, but I want you to know that the reason is, is I got to know you. So like we became friends on Instagram and we talk a lot on Instagram and you know, we did that leading up to me going on behind the velvet rope and we did a two-parter. I think only one part's out though, just so people don't go look for the other one. And, you know, I really thought you were so fun and you're just such a unique person. So like, you know, your podcast is amazing because I like you for who you are. Well, thank you. And we really should tell the truth that, which we did tell about, and yes, just one part is out, Dana Wilkie part two on Behind the Velvet Rope. You know, it's it's coming soon. But really (laughs) the way we got to be friends is because you say I have all these big names on my podcast, which is true. You put me through the ringer. Dana's like, well, let's just back up. I'm not coming (laughs) on the podcast. I don't like to repeat things. Think of a new angle. And then I gave Dana like 17 angles of how she can come on my podcast. And like at the 19th, you're like, oh, this is novel. Okay, I'm going to come on. I'm like, then by like 19 attempts, that's how you and I became friends. After well, you, you shot me down. Like it's 19 true. Times. Because you know what I can't stand? I want every time someone listens to a Dana Wilkie, whatever, I want them to learn something new about me. And I want them to be like, wow, I didn't know that. That's really cool. I don't want to spew out the same bullshit to ever, you know, over and over again, even no matter how much people love it. I That's just fair. Yeah. And it's boring. It's terrible. Like to, to have to tell this, it's kind of like singing the same hit song over and over again. You're like, oh God, I can't, you know? I get it. I go, I guessed on lots and lots of podcasts like this. And normally I, I know that's not going to happen here today because you're wonderful and fabulous, but yes, normally I sing the same tune when I go on other podcasts. I'm like, here's my story and here are the usual questions and blah, blah, blah. Well, now we're going to start with a question that I've been dying to ask you. And I've been holding all my really juicy questions for our conversation on the podcast because I DM you so much, but I really want to know, um, Erica Jane Girardi, Chips Ahoy, Chip Ahoy. Cookie! Is she ever been on your uh, Behind the Velvet Rope? She has not. Now, if you inquire, yeah. Have you asked her? Well, um, I have not asked recently. You know, like I, here's the thing. I have such a different relationship with all these people now that it's a year later into the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast. And I'm not saying, listen, it's a lot of them are much, much better. And some of them maybe aren't as much better. Um, I, I asked her way back when I first started in her team. And I do believe this. Her team is like, oh, she would never do a podcast. But who's, who's her, did she, like, what was the team back then? That's, I guess, where I'm going with this is like, was she like, hey, Dave, no, I can't. I don't want to. It's I'm too big. Or was she like silent or did she kick it to somebody else or what happened with that? Or you don't remember? Kicked it to somebody else, baby. No, I don't remember who. I mean, it was her PR team. I don't remember who they were. It wasn't like Mikey Minden, the creative director. It wasn't. It was, I think it was that woman, you know, that shorter woman who's like her assistant. We, we see her on the show sometimes. I forgot her name. It was someone like that. That was just like, Erica does not do podcasts. So Erica does no podcasts. That's what they said. Now, listen, I mean, I'm from New York and, you know, just like Dana Wilkie, she says, no, you know, make it happen. And here I am. Say what you want about David Yonsef behind the velvet robe. No one can say that I don't work like a fucking dog. So, you know, I don't just say, okay, you know, I'm a nice shy boy. Let me go away. 
I try, but it really, and you know what? Think about it. I've never seen her on a podcast. So well, I, I, I do you, believe it. Do you want to know why I'm asking? Because the woman has been, you know, ever since the scandal has come out about, you know, all of this pyramid scheme, fraudster bullshit that Tom yes. Girardi was involved with. It's like she's posting weekly or daily her ass, her tits, like she's in lingerie. She's like, suck yeah. the puss, whack the jaw. So I'm trying to figure out like what reputational thing would keep her off a podcast. Like she's beneath the podcast, but yet she's like, you know, putting soft porn on her Instagram, <laughs> like asking for baboons to go down on her. Like, so I'm trying to figure that out. Like, where would her justification be? Like, what did the conversation with that publicist go like? You know, well, she's like, I can't go on behind the velvet rope because it's, you know, I, you know, I'm too good or whatever it would be. Right. But yet tomorrow I'm going to post my puss and, you know, talk about how a baboon's going to go down on me. Like I don't just try to get Well, that. I think, you know, if you want to post the baboon going down on you, <laughs> you have Mikey Minden take 20 shots until it's the right shot for the baboon to go down on you. And then you post it. <laughs> Listen, Dana, like, have you, you know, and this again, by the way, I have, have you no seen ego. these? Have you seen oh, these? Those? Honey, it's I <laughs> like it's I don't get it. I am so confused. I'm so confused. I think is it like, hey guys, the joke's on all of you. I'm fine. Don't worry. That's that's how I take it. I take it as a like, don't worry about me. Don't believe everything you read. I'm just fine. Look at me. These are my biggest cares in the world, which bra and panties for today. That's what I think is happening. Okay. So what strategy could that possibly benefit? Or let me just tell you from like a different perspective, like we do. I mean, I don't agree with the strategy, but go on. Okay. So there's only two strategies that really could be at play here, right? One is uh, somebody said to her, act like nothing is happening and be yourself, like exactly like you normally will, you know, do, but then wait. And if something happens, change it then, but not before to you, in other words. So that's one possible strategy. The other strategy is the legal team is saying to her, get the fuck off social media, period, the end, which is what they would do. But she's like, I can't afford to get off social media, right? Because she can't make money. So what do you think now? Well, I always, always, always thought option one Someone said the other day, I was on a podcast, the host was like, you know, do you see these are sponsored, some of them? I didn't realize any of these were sponsored. So are they sponsored? Because if they're sponsored, then yeah, maybe your theory too is correct. And she's like getting paid for some of them. Someone said that it was like tagging, were they sponsored? I didn't think any of them were sponsored. You still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me? Loading them up on. It only takes structure. And, and, you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Know what I mean? So do do your homies uh got a role in your, in your little, you mean? Yeah, yeah. We all, we all artists over here, man. I'm trying, oh, yeah, I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah. yeah. Hey, me, me. Yo, look, 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 We all artists, man. We go, you feel me? We going to have this, like. Me and my man, like me and my man Kai, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this shit. I gotta lie, we play with this shit right now for for. I gotta lie, don't play with it. Take that shit seriously. Well, you know, there's obviously there's something. There were many for Fenty lingerie. Okay, then there were some that you you know seemed ambiguous. They didn't really seem tagged. And then today she was selling luggage, I noticed. You know, you could buy, but it was like someone that, else's thing. I was some like, of that sounds, no, yeah, but, but like, no, can you imagine? It. No, it, Casey, let me just tell Casey, it's Casey, the, what is the first thing that comes to your mind, okay, when you see Erica Jane selling luggage on her Instagram? <laughs> Running away to Mexico exactly. to avoid <laughs> the, the feds. Toodaloo. Okay, Jumping sorry. on it. <laughs> well. Jumping in coach. No, but like, think about it. Like, you know, like, listen, I haven't, okay. What am I trying to say? Like, basically, yeah, her standard for what to sell is probably not so high. So like if some friend wants her to sell luggage and it's like a (laughs) mom and pop shop, I mean, I have a very similar strategy on my podcast and on my Instagram. Like I advertise anything. 
I'm advertising sex toys next week. Literally, Adam and Eve. If anyone wants David. sex toys, I swear to God. Okay, like, seriously. Can we get a yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my God. For that shout out, we better get a dildo. Yeah. No. <laughs> you we'll get... send, I'll send you our addresses after this. No, but like, I'm just saying, like, that's what I think of when I think of luggage. I think of like, all right, like today's a free space. Think about it. Like some mom and pop. You know, Erica's got yeah. a lot of followers. Like she might be just taking, but I still thought it was the first one. The first one is where my mind goes. Like a company like Fenty, like here's the thing. Christine Quinn from Selling Sunset is basically Erica 2.0 and unadulterated. No, no skeletons have come out yet. So why would a company like Fenty pay her? I'm not judging Erica. I'm not saying cancel culture. I'm just saying the way it works, why would you go with her? Like well, with any I, stigma, why not move on? Well, this goes back to this conspiracy theory, which is that Erica, you know, was part of a sex club that Scooter Braun was involved with and other musical industry people were involved with. And they might've had like a stronger, deeper relationship in the music industry that would have led to this opportunity that she wouldn't have otherwise had. Just Opportunity saying. to be a cast member on RHOBH? No, Fenty. To be, because oh. uh, they did a whole runway show. I'm sorry, on Netflix, you can watch like a whole runway show. Like it wasn't just, you know, wearing the lingerie. She's actually in the fashion show that they released as like huh. a one hour music video or whatever. It yeah. was actually really cool. Shea Coulee from RuPaul was Ooh. on it. We like Shea Coulee. Love Shea Coulee. Um, who's that, that guys? <laughs> Someone we gotta from get RuPaul's her into drag. drag I... I, I, I have all these, the girls, the rude girls come on my show too. Oh we're not, my God. listen, Casey, we're not just five days a week, Bravo. We're, you know, three days a week, Bravo, but two, <laughs> uh, this is not a plug for me, but it just, you know, we, we've, we've had on like Trinity and Peppermint and we wow. just love Peppermint. Yes. First of all, Erica got rid of her makeup artist team. Like the other day, that's the gossip, right? That she couldn't pay them and they, the, they left. Okay, so right, then she, not Mikey, I don't think. Well, I think he's still kicking around. They were saying in the gossip that they heard that she was bartering for makeup. Please, sir, I want some more. Now, why I bring this up during this conversation <laughs> is she posted like this video on TikTok where she does this like before and after, but like the after, which is the looks totally like RuPaul, you know, was drunk oh and God. yeah, tried to put on the, yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, it's, it's like, who's that guy instead of Erica? <laughs> that doesn't shock me. Yeah. So this is recent uh, gossip that came out, but I want to tell you guys something else that I think you're going to find really interesting. So Why? David, you haven't been that um, following all this kind of more conspiracy stuff, but you know how everybody was talking about the kind of sketchy rental that yes. Erica, right. Next oh. to Army Hammer for $9,500 a month. Mm -hmm. He was in the guest house, yeah, of the, of the neighboring house. But I'm not gonna go into all that because I've done like a, a separate video on for my Patreon members on that. But I wanna say that I did find some additional uh, interesting stuff, which is the landlords, uh, as you might know, were, were, were lawyers. Did you know that, that the landlords were lawyers for Erica's I new house? Well, I do as of a day or two ago. Yes, seriously. I actually knew that. Okay. So both those, that is a couple, right? They're married and she's actually also a realtor, which is interesting. So she handled, of course, the sale and then the rental to Erica, which had a few weird things about it. But what I thought was really interesting is I didn't know that both of those attorneys went to Loyola Law School which is where Tom Girardi went. And yeah, exactly. And Loyola actually treats Tom as a God. I don't know if you know this, but they have like a, uh, they call them uh, his, their favorite son or whatever was what was quoted recently in a, a law 360 article. They they're starting to Yikes. distance themselves. Yeah. From, from that now, but what's interesting about it is I was trying to figure out what could be a connection between Erica and these, this landlord, because there were some things which were fishy about it. And, um, I realized that it's possible that they had gone to Loyola and they had, 
you know, such a respect for Tom Girardi that maybe they became friends with him. And maybe this rental was sort of helpful to Erica. Um, because yes. I, yeah, because I had talked to the landlord lady and um, she, I asked her, do you want to just say, hey, you know, something that says it's an arm's length transaction and, you know, just kind of cut through the shit and say what, you know, the, set the record straight because that's going to kill everything that always does, right? And uh, she said, well, we didn't rent the house knowing the scandal was going to happen. That was the only thing she basically said. My friends know that I was desperate to look for a connection. And uh, then I found out, see, I didn't, I knew he went to Loyola, you know, law school, but I didn't know that he was considered a God there. So anyone graduating from there would die to have a connection with him. Wow. So that was something I just wanted to share. Um, I think you're onto something. I mean, I think it's free. Yeah. You are looking fabulous. Thank you. I try. Not that hard. I just am. (laughs) All right. So David, let me ask you a question before we continue, because I've been asked by the fans to make sure you drink today. (laughs) What are you drinking? Okay. First of all, I want to say a couple of things to that answer. I do not need to drink to loosen up. Okay. Let's just start with that fact. Second of all, (laughs) I do think that drunk David is better than sober David, but I'm fine without drinking. Um, I am drinking a Grey Goose pear. That's just the type of vodka I like, just how it sounds. Grey Goose pois tastes like pear or the citron, but I'm drinking Grey Goose pear in a martini glass, just chilled with a little lime twist. All right. So now I want to talk about something also Real Housewives of Beverly Hills related. We'll move off, Erica. Um, I want to talk about one of my favorite interviews you've done. Um, I I had to, I binge listened a lot (laughs) to figure this out. Oh my gosh. I love it. You can listen to our podcast anytime you want. Go on. So it was Sutton. Really? That's not who I thought you were going to say from Beverly Hills. Yes, it was Sutton because I really thought uh, she was very genuine. Okay. So I want to say, I thought she was, uh, she did say some things that I don't think were true, which I'll clarify uh, today. But uh, yeah, I thought that she was very genuine sounding. What'd you think of her? And here's the thing, I'll be honest. So this is what nobody understands, okay? I am a five day a week interview show. When you are a respected journalist like me, Dana, (laughs) whether it's Housewives or not, or RuPaul's Drag Queens, it is not about me. So really, if I'm doing my job, I shouldn't have an opinion. When you come on my show, like, hey, Cedric, that's another way that you and I met. Cedric came on my show. It was a special two part. He told his truth. It is not up to me to comment. It is not up to me to give my opinion. Personally, I don't even think it's up to me to fucking speak other than to ask the questions and move on to get the next question. A lot of people were like, you know, then went out and had all their stuff to say about Cedric, whether you're telling the truth or not. I don't, that's really not for me to say. When I go on other podcasts like this, I can dish on what I think about all of my interviewees. Okay. Um, So tell me about Sutton. (laughs) I think that, so I'm just putting that out there. I think you know, listen, I love Sutton. I, I, I think Sutton is like some other guests. She, let's face it. She's media trained. This ain't her first time at the radio. You know mm. what I mean? So the interview was done with her right before the season. I love that type of interview. I was one of her first interviews ever, not in life, but in, I'm going to be a friend of on the housewives. So I love that because and, then when and there was, a, it, was there a Bravo person on the interview? Because there's rumors. Okay. That not when I was on, but there are rumors now that they have like a Bravo person sit on all the interviews to make sure that the ladies answer a certain way and this and that. Where do those rumors come from? Just people just talking. Well, let me tell me. you this. Let me tell you this. I mean, You'll, you see all the interviews that I do and lots of them are with ex Bravo people and no current, she was current. So were there, there, I don't like to give too much away, but I have to say, honestly, this is an honest answer. There was nobody on the phone with me inside. Really? There there wasn't. All right. So that Mm. we can put that rumor to bed kids. Okay. There it goes right out the window. Just like me, there is no, uh, you know, person 
But you know what it is? There's no rhyme or reason. Like sometimes like people say, why didn't this, everyone's, why didn't you ask Max Boyens and Brett? Are they racist? Fuck off everybody. Don't you think I would have fucking asked that if I could? When when you get involved with me- So why didn't you ask that? Well, because lots of things, first of all, I'm lucky to get all the people I get. There's different types of interviews. Some people say, sure, I'll come on. Let's fucking party, man. And then you're like, great. And then you see what happens around the world with Cedric and it goes viral and we're in every fucking paper. Other people, yeah, they like to involve publicists and this and mothers and Um, brothers and sisters. Every interview is different. So a lot of people- they had publicists. They didn't have anyone on with them. But if someone comes to me and says- I don't want to talk about- Mm -hmm. Right, and this is, I'm not even- it just there's a lot of things like that. I have someone coming up, not Bravo, and I just got the list yesterday. It, it does happen. It's not all the time. Plenty of times it doesn't happen. But sometimes people will say, "Don't ask this," and mm-hmm. I, I'm not an asshole. Like I will go there. I will back you into a corner, and I will get so much shit out of you. But if it's specifically like, "Do not ask this," and I right. say I will not, then I will not go back on my word. Right, right, right. Well, you have to get people to come on your show. See me and Casey, right. we don't give a shit. It's like, right. <laughs> we right. feel no, like listen. if you're if you're invited on this show, it means I like you and Casey likes you. And we feel like, um, honestly, we feel like this we're, is going to show- We're here for a good time, not a long time, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, we, and we think that it. it's going to show people a side of you that fuck your show is the real you. And if it's likable, because I usually like likable people- you're going to, it's going to transcend your show. And that's totally. why you come on this show. You trust that you are cool enough to, to leave the script and go <laughs> out and be you and you, people will fucking like you. And if you're not willing to put yourself out there like that, then you're probably not that likable. Guess what? You're probably that fucking, if you don't have a script, you're not that interesting. So you know, I get I, it. You know, I agree I with everything only, you said. And I can't even imagine the struggle you go through to make these fucking people who won't leave their script interesting in oh, an dude. interview. I mean, yeah. I'd be fucking with a you know a, a gun to my head, going, "Get me the fuck off this interview because I can't take it." Like they just won't say anything of any interest. <laughs> I love the producer part of it. And I love the programming part of it. So, you know, like I choose strategically. It's not like, let me pull out, you know, Thursday out of my ass. It's very strategically. We have five days in the week. So, but yes, there are certain people you would, and don't get me wrong. There are people, people are always like, like I had Candace Dillard from Potomac on my show. Never got so oh. much hate in my life. I mean, I can handle it. It's you mean like, from fans or from- oh, oh, please. People come for me all this, you know. I yeah. never said I was team, two things. A, I never said I was team Candace. I'm team, come on the fucking behind the fucking velvet rope. I don't give a fuck if it's yeah. Candace or Monique there or Wendy is, or Bring Andy it. or my asshole. I don't care. <laughs> come on. I want everybody. So guess what, everybody? If Monique Samuels wanted to come on 30 seconds after I licked up to Candace's ass, I would have taken <laughs> fucking Monique. Yeah. It's like there's, team david yontef because this is an actual fucking business david that is running yeah no, but here's but here's the thing so when people say <laughs> i'm gonna get my dildo from that site now <laughs> you have to. no but need. here's the thing 50%. having said that i i don't like everybody that comes on my show but i i base i don't have any and this is true this is why i couldn't do like a recap podcast i don't have any emotional like the way that people get like, I mean, you should have seen it. People wanted Candace. They were threatening like actual body harm to Candace after she oh, came on my shit. show. I, I don't have that in me. I'm not like, fuck team Kelly Dodd, fuck Shannon. I don't give a shit what happens on TV. I watch these shows. I'm entertained by them. There are people I like better than others. We'll right. talk about it when we get into Salt Lake. But like when you come on my show, my opinion is formed by how were you before, during, and after. I have kept in touch with Candace. She is wonderful. I'm not just saying that there's so many people that so, come on my show that so I fucking listen, hate. Listen. But I mean, if Monique Samuels wanted to come on, I would love to have her too. But, but that's as your- a human being, right. I have had, so I don't give a fuck Who's team Candace? Who's team Monique? I'm not taking that away. Well, from no, the you do. You actually, you actually do in a sense, because what you're saying in a good way, 
Yeah. Is that, you know, you're interviewing neutrally to give the fans yeah. a, a clear view. And then at the yeah. end, what you're doing is you're saying, if I like this person and I maintain a friendship with them, that is my choice. And it's separate from the show. And I don't care what anyone totally. thinks. And I don't care how popular they are. I care what I think about them. And I can separate my podcast and my need to have entertainment with actually the person and having them as a friend or being there for them outside of behind the velvet rope. Bingo. Mm -hmm. And by the way, so bingo. And so Candace comes on and then there's 9,000 hate comments. My response, I will not delete comments. My response is thank you for listening to behind the velvet rope. I'm not taking your opinion away from you. You can hate Candace. That's fine. I'm not going to advocate for Candace because now I'm on Candace's side. Now, now I'm not doing my job. Now I'm mm -hmm. team Candace, which is not my job. I yeah. like to present the person. And then there are people that said to me, you know what? I hated Candace and I, I see a different side of her. That's not my goal. I don't care if you hate her before and you hate her after. You listened and you feel the same. That's great. But it's just not my job to ever have an opinion. And don't think just because you're my friend that I let you off easy. I mean, I well, fuck you. I, I think you would, but okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> we know that you are neutral. You're an amazing interviewer. You're a journalist. You're professional. You don't give a shit what anyone says about your- it's No, up, I don't. You want them to have fun when they listen to the podcast. We got it. Now, I want to ask a question. You you went to BravoCon. You probably know a little bit about Andy Cohen, uh, you know, from your, like, just, you know, around the- world or whatever that you're in. I mean, I live in Chelsea. I used to live in the West Village. He lives in the West Village. Yeah, he's, the guy's close by. Okay, so here's the reason. So I noticed, like I was watching Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen last night, and I noticed he integrated with the Real Housewives of Orange County and Real Housewives of Salt Lake City guest star, like he had guests on. He, in, he like kept sticking Erica's house. Like, you know how he plays games? He yeah. was sticking like Erica in all the games. And I've heard that he really likes Erica. Have you heard that too? Listen, I've heard and I believe that Andy does truly have his favorites. Oh, he does. He definitely has his favorites, but I thought maybe you might've heard something about Erica. Cause I was like, I, why the hell would he be doing that? She's in the middle of the fucking plain victim scandal. So why stick her? You know what he did? You want to know how crazy this gets? Last, why didn't I see it last night? Did I see it? I don't think I saw it. Last night he was doing a segment on who's got the bigger fucking house. And oh, who I like does that. He, and who does he post in there? Erica's Pasadena house. The one that's like being, you know, that she's basically been booted out by the trustee that is like, up, well, going to be up for sale soon. Like who, who was her house up against Trey, Trey Judice? I don't know, but it would, the point is like, are you tone deaf? Tone deaf. Yeah. I, I was thinking maybe he's trying to set it up that she'll, you know, she's coming back or something. I don't know. Like, I think he doesn't mind Erica. Yeah. I think she's on the favorite. Did you hear this? Now, I don't know all the facts, but did you hear that? I don't know. There was some lawsuit, the whole lawsuit, and Tom was suing, and NBC, like an affiliate of NBC was involved, and then right after they settled it, Erica appeared on RHOBH. Did you hear this? No. Okay. I, <laughs> I love I, it. Let me, let me, I, it, that is pretty much what it is. Now, the my, like the minutia of the facts, I don't know. It was explained to me the other day, but I have my interview podcast. You have this type of podcast. So I wasn't paying attention, but it basically was Tom was the plaintiff. I don't know, like some victims. It wasn't NBC or Bravo, but it was some related affiliate. And it was like supposed to go to court or there was a judgment for like $17 million. And basically, like basically Tom, let me think, Tom won the case. And so okay, he, now, he tried to this is, get this Erica is a legend. Yeah. Oh, now, wait, I have alleged, something to add to this. I have something to this add to this. This is alleged, alleged. Yeah, of course. Uh, everything on our show is alleged. Something with... It got settled and this is partially some of the missing money and whatever the NBC affiliate or whoever owed Tom, 
didn't have to pay. He said, like, don't pay. And that there she was on the show. Okay. So here's, I've got gossip. Jeez. This is That's so- good gossip, Dana. Come on. I've oh my like God. That was good shit. That was good shit. Okay. Yeah. I've oh, like earned my place. No, today. but again, we're kismet. <laughs> you and I are kismet. So I'm walking, I'm doing my research for our show today. And I, I, uh, listen to Heather McDonald's uh, podcast. She had like a ex worker of Tom Jardy's um, on her show. Oh God! So what happened was uh, in this interview, it came out that Heather had heard a rumor that Erica, uh, there was another person that was up for the part on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and they were practically like you know, they were like selected. They were perfect. They were rich. They were, you know, they had kids. The husband was on board. Like it was perfection. They were, they were approved. They actually, she said she heard that Bravo had said you're in and she knew the girl. And all of a sudden Erica shows up out of nowhere and the girl gets bumped. No, she gets bumped from her spot. They had already said they called back a week well, later and said, oh, out of the blue. And no one could figure out how the hell. Well, that sounds like my analysis oh my might go together. You see, you see, we put it together. I, it totally makes sense. Now, here's the thing. This is the difference between us. Now, you find me that girl and I'll have her. You know, you and I should really you go find these fucking people and feed them to me and I'll interview them. You see how we're different here? Yeah, you no, like to listen, you like to gossip about it all. I, I mean, I sit here. Trust me, you you know what I you, you know what I go after too. I don't have them yet. I'm going after the low hanging fruit. Like, listen, here's the thing. First of all, doing interviews is hard, but th- there's a trick to getting in the press. I'm going after chauffeurs. I want any. Like, listen, Kardashian sells. Like, I want, I've turned into like a tabloid reporter over here behind the velvet rope. I want like chefs. I want ex assistants, nails, drivers, anything. Well, and to help you with that, and to help you with that, they're not going to get any attention otherwise. So they might as well. No, nothing. Nothing. Right. They're due. You know, right. Like, and and I don't and want it, you five days a week, but I'd like to sprinkle you in every no, now and then. I totally get it. Now let me ask you another question. Did Sutton ever invite you? I'm going I'm I'm now going back to Sutton for a second in the interview. Did Sutton ever invite you to her Christmas party? No. And here's the thing. When you come on my podcast, I take notes. You, you, you come on, whatever. You know, let's see what you do for me afterwards. Like, did you post me? You know, when I tag you, did you repost it? Like, I'm asking you for the basics. You don't have to. You don't owe me anything. You came on. Sutton, according to her, couldn't figure out how to put it on the story. I mean, I I move on. I'm busy. Okay, so she couldn't figure out how to work her Instagram, Sutton, to promote the show that she dedicated (laughs) an hour to to your fans. She couldn't stop and say, hey, Erica Girardi, Hey, Lisa Renna, who who basically licks her phone daily to right. because she's going on Instagram and is so excited to show the world her ass dancing for hours. Yes. Could not ask any of them how to get how apparently, to apparently apparently not. But listen, I again just I you know I I move on like I don't I'm just like okay no, but well, it's this a, one... it's shitty to the fans that's all I'm saying okay so like I love Sutton I think she's really funny she's super light I like her southern thing I'm digging that but I don't think that's the right move I think she's listening to the wrong people I know she could have figured out her fucking Instagram and I don't think that's the right move for for her now that said I want to say something really important which is on the show, she said she was going to invite you to the Christmas party. And the reason that it resonated with oh, me- Oh, she did say that? Okay. See, I didn't even know that. I was I was just wondering why you were asking. I didn't remember her saying that. Yeah, she did. She said she would. She and- also said she was going to have drinks with me at the Regency. But I mean, New York is shut down and here we are. But go well, on. And, and, and that I respect. I get that she couldn't possibly, yeah. you know, I, I heard that whole part. But I really felt like, God, you know, I really hope that the the women that I like on the show, like Sutton, really follow through with what they, you know, when they meet with people or when they interview with people, I really hope they follow through with it. Or they don't just say it, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm looking for so real. I really want that. Like, well, Dana, guess what? Guess what? I and mean, but see, that's what I love about my job so much. That is truly what I love. Like, listen, I have so many 
faults, like shortcomings in the world. Like I suck at so many things. I suck. Like I suck at lots of things in life, but it's not just that I'm good interviewing. Like I'm good at like reading people. So I love the one to two hours when we are on zoom and I'm staring there. Like when it's over, like I know you, like I know you, I can't watch Sutton or whoever's on my show anymore as a person on the show. I know you. It's just one meeting, but I got a vibe. I, I, I get it. You see what I'm saying? No, I totally so get that. The, I, totally I think get you that. would be disappointed. Everybody is, is wonderful. And I keep in touch with a lot of people. It's just the entertainment business is so like, you don't understand. I have changed. My relationship to fame has changed. I am can truly say I am changed because of this podcast, really? No, like, I see. I, don't, I can see it. Th- listen, I listened to like twenty years yeah. of your fucking right, like, podcast so you can see in a row. The difference between the beginning, Casey. To now. I want you to know, like, I literally listened to like I was just sitting with earphones like you. for hours, <laughs> fucking listening to David's podcast. And I did that because I wanted to hear like the influence on David that it would have. Right? I wanted to know that mm-hmm. date. What would David go through doing this? And I, I, I heard so many consistent patterns and themes that I could tell really were um, impacting him. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it, it's obvious that there's like an ugliness to it that does come through a little bit on your show. Now, I want to say something about- It's a crazy business. So, I mean, I think like- but well, I have And, to and say, also, like, Sutton- you, you said some false things on the Sutton interview I want to talk to you about right now. So, Couture, you were talking about Couture, remember? What the hell is couture? What's couture? Couture clothing. Oh, couture. Okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh my God, couture. Dina. What? I'm like, this is what we're talking about, about with the names, you know? I can't. It's just, it's everything. I say everything wrong. Everything. Okay. I told her I love Gucci and Louis. No, what you said, said about gookie? your- <laughs> Gucci. Dana, I'm like, what is couture? I gookie. Go- what's and gookie? Gookie. And Louis. I'm like, what the fuck are you And some channel. Okay, I was said couture my whole Honey, life. Honey, you're gonna have to give those twenty five thousand dollars sunglasses back. No, fuck <laughs> you. They were twenty five thousand. They're unbelievable. Now you know why I bought them, bitch. Holy shit. Now listen, couture. You said it holds its value to Sutton. You were like, no, I see that that could be a really good investment for you, because. Well, yeah, I was probably kissing her ass. Yes, totally. Because <laughs> okay, I just want yeah. to say that was the lie. And I was really upset because okay, I wanted to say fair. to you that I have bought a lot of couture, couture, depending on, you know, what side of this track you're from. <laughs> Dana, I don't know anyone that says it the way you say it. No, but <laughs> nobody ever does. Okay. No, anything that oh I say. God. I didn't want fans who listen to your show to think that you can buy couture and you can actually think that you can resell it for value or make money off it or whatever. It's not true. When you put it up on like Poshmark or any of those things, even if they're, in fact, you want to know the truth, which is so crazy. The more celebrated the pieces, I found out the less people pay for it. Okay. And the reason that is, is that, for example, I had, there were only two fur Fendi's ever like done that were patchwork Fendi's. It was a famous bag and I bought, it It was $9,000 at the time. I could picture that, I think. Right. I think you might, you might remember it. It was a pretty famous bag. It was around, but the thing about it was that when I went in to put it up for resale, I found out that no one recognized the bag because it was so exclusive that no one thought it was real even because it was like, no one had seen the piece. So actually the pieces that sell are the ones that everyone automatically knows are real. That was just my advice to people. And I just wanted to make sure they didn't, you know, think you were right. Well, Dana, thank you for, you know, clearing that up on my show. <laughs> if you would like to listen, you know, it could be a really fun show, which I'm more than happy to come back. I love anytime. you so much. I would never really attack you. Jeez. <laughs> Here's the thing. If you, this could be really fun. I mean, first of all, I'll come back anytime you want. You should go through all my shows and come up with all the things that I say that don't really make sense. And you can call me on all of them. <laughs> I would gladly do that. Yes. I could imagine I was kissing Sutton's ass at that point. And I have news for you. If Sutton comes back when RHOBH is back on the air, I will kiss her ass even more. Why? 
here, okay, so here's the thing too. Like you just read people. I, I can't explain it. You just get a feeling. Yeah. Sometimes I'm wrong. Like you just know. Like, no, I didn't know that with Candace. You, you, sometimes you feel it out on air. I have a lot of two-part episodes. Candace, I talked to her for two hours. As soon as Candace and I started, I was like, oh shit, we're, we're here for two hours. She right. just was, she was ready to fucking play. Sutton, honey, this is what I mean when I say she's, she's media trained. Sutton ain't gonna play. Well, okay, so she let me get to play. the gossip. Let me get to the gossip that I know everyone's gonna die to know. And I love so, Sutton. So, okay. So, so, and so Sutton um, was kind of full of shit when she was tell- talking about her contract and how it was, uh, you know, she was full downgraded time. from being a housewife because that's not the way the contracts work. So all the contracts that are given from Bravo have a stipulation you know, that you can be moved to a part-time role, which is a friend, or you can be up upgraded to a housewife. I and, could say that. Right. So when Sutton signed her agreement, they may have misled her into believing that she was going to take advantage of the housewife clause. But usually what they do is they start you off by letting you know right away that, you know, your contract exists and you're starting off as a friend and will upgrade you to a housewife. So I'm thinking that she made it sound like it's kind of a separate thing. It isn't. So I'm thinking that Sutton actually was brought in as a friend from the very beginning. And they said, we think you could become a housewife. You don't think it's because her husband was divorced and he can't show the kids? Because we have a similar situation on Dallas this year. No, I think that, you know, can I tell you the truth? Be honest, Dana. You All always right. are. Oh, okay. You're not the one that has to kiss ass and face these people tomorrow morning. No, I don't. I'm so glad. Um, You're lucky. Mm, I know. So what I was told by a producer, and I'm not going to say who, was that he doesn't know always if a housewife is going to be a dud or not. Yeah, I could see that. And so like me, basically. And so what happens is they bring these people in as friends to see if they're duds. Okay. Because they're scared. And, and sometimes the fans take control of it. Like back in my time, probably had it been further in seasons, they would have brought me back for like a token season or whatever, like they did with Sutton. Right. But in reality, uh, back in my day, they were much more cutthroat, right? Sutton, I believe, was brought in as a friend. They thought she might be a dud, meaning she wouldn't stir up the drama. She wouldn't do this and that. Then they didn't upgrade her as to a housewife. They kept her as the friend role. They used the husband and all this bullshit as an excuse. But the truth was they thought she would be a dud. Now the fans made her a favorite. They brought her back for another season, but she'll be a friend again. Yeah, she's going to be a friend. She's not a housewife. And I only think they did that because I think, can I say my truth? I think they learned their lesson with me. Because the fans, when you take away a person who might be a dud, you know, not a great reality person, and you take them away before everyone's gotten to like feed, as you call it, or like, you know, got the appetite, you know, met. Yes. They make them even more important than they actually they should have been status. Yeah. I, I, I could see that. It's kind of like, you know, like uh, Marilyn Monroe or uh, who is the other guy who died young? Uh, James Dean. Yes. James oh, Dean. Really? I'm yeah. just wow. guessing. Oh, wow. But James Dean like did one movie. You're tearing me apart. I'm just saying you can't take th- something away before people are ready. And I think Bravo's learned, learned that the hard way. Dana, is this just your way of calling yourself an icon? Like, let's just cut through the bullshit. Like, that's what's really happening. Okay? Come on, bitch, let's go. So now we're going to move on to BravoCon. Okay, you've got to tell me everything about BravoCon because I've never been invited. So what's it like? I mean, everything. So it's like three long days. again, this was over a year ago and I drank a lot of vodka and I interview 800 people a week. So mommy's going to remember as much as she could. I mean, you know, it's three days. Listen, it was the first one. They're going to have to work out a bunch of kinks. 
if it ever comes back. So, I mean, the biggest problem with most people is it was in three different locations. So the thing is, which I actually kind of like, there was counter programming. So you basically had big lectures, small lectures and pictures. So let me give you an example. So like to kick off the three-day extravaganza, at say 9 a.m. on Friday, you could either go to the OG panel hosted by Andy Cohn with like Gina Keogh, Carolyn Manzo, Kim Richards was there. Miss Richards was in attendance. Put your f-ing mouth. I've had enough of you, you beast. Um, Jill Zarin, like something like that and see your OGs that you never, and it's a talk. Or you can go to a make breakfast with uh, the top chefs. Or you can go to go get your picture taken with Kyle and Teddy. You choose which one you want. I tell you what, I'd be with Kim Richards in that scenario every day of the week. Let me tell you that 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 Kim Richards is 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 a gift. When when I'm because I was actually so there are certain housewives I've never met, and that was the first time I met her, and I was like, "Honey, you are a national fucking treasure." No, she is. She's oh a God. national treasure. No, Kim. Why do you think I would let her call me fucking Pam for like ten years? <laughs> oh, it's worth it. Kim is. I I I have a thing for Kim. She's great. So it was like that. I mean, you know, most shows were represented. Dallas and Potomac got snubbed. They only had two housewives each there. Were there any influencers there invited? Like Danny Pellegrino, who's like, I I think secretly Andy has a crush on, I'm just saying. Probably. Um, No, no, no. I mean, yeah, he probably has a crush. Yeah, there were people like that there floating around. Sure. So was there anyone who got like the endorsement of BravoCon to go as an influencer? I'm trying. No. I mean, I'm trying to think if Danny might have. No. The easy answer is no. Like all these people you're thinking those other influencers, which that's a whole nother conversation. Don't even get me started. Well, no, I want to know. I want to know why Bravo keeps bringing on certain influencers, you know, on to watch what happens live and how do they choose those influencers from other ones? I'm not sure I get it. Like what's the criteria? Do you know? I think that, well, a couple of things. I mean, I'm just giving you my opinion. Yeah, I want it. As Tamara Judge says. Well, I mean, and I'm not knocking anyone. I don't need to start like a multi-generational podcast war. Like, Danny, I think, was there before all of us. Like, Danny did this. Like, if you were the first and you did this for, I don't know, a year to two years before anybody else, before podcasting became a thing, Dana would be the biggest podcast out there just by sheer people found you. I mean, okay, yeah, if you sucked and whatever. But I really, I think, like, Danny plays nice. Like there's no Cedric Martinez headline. Okay, so let's podcast. so let's talk about let's dig a little deeper on that. You because, and I don't play nice. We're well, honest. I like, mean, no, honest. Honest is nice, kids. That is nice. Yeah. What is the criteria that Bravo looks for in the influencers they endorse? Because it isn't just the size of the audience. What is it? No, because other than Danny, those audiences are smaller than some other podcasts. That's right. Between you and I. So what is um, it? I think it's just, I mean. Do you think that they're all, kissing Andy's ass? Do you think yes. that they don't want to, they don't want to make a bravo celebrity look bad or, yes. you know, they don't want to tell yes. the truth about what's really happening behind the scenes. Like they don't yeah. want to damage where the money's coming from. Like how, I mean, what do you think? Yeah. I think that their interview style is like more fangirl. Like, oh my God, we are here with Sutton and Couture and she's amazing. (laughs) And like, I'll do that too. I love that. Oh my God, I would tune into a whole podcast of you just talking like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, like if you, no, no, no. And this really, this isn't, again, it's not about me, but like people that describe my style and I've seen this in print and I agree with it. This is my interview style. I will invite you on. I will ask you out on the date. I will pick you up. I will hold the door for you. I will open the door when we get to the restaurant. I will pull your chair out. I will order your food for you. I will. I will okay, I'm dead by now. I'm asleep. <laughs> okay. Well, I will keep ordering. I will treat you so well. And then I will drive you home. At the, I will pay the bill. I will do whatever. I will treat you like a true gentleman. But at the end of the night, daddy wants some. And daddy's going to fucking get some. Oh, yeah. Daddy. So like. 
here's what I want to do. This is my plan. So initially my plan was to go to BravoCon's door when COVID's over and to ask to come in and see if they turn me away, right? You mean watch what happens? No, at BravoCon, I personally, Dana oh. Wilkie was going to come with my glasses Whenever, on everything. Ass- assuming there's a BravoCon. Okay, yeah. Yeah, with after COVID's over, as I said. Fine. I was going to walk to the front door and be like, you know, knock, knock. And be like, hi, I'm supposed to be here. I'm Dana Wilkie. You know, did you know? (laughs) (laughs) And I was going to be like, (laughs) I don't know which door I'm supposed to go in. I think Heather McDonald's here from Juicy Scoop. And she's supposed to meet me. We're going to do podcast. No, she had to sneak in with a vendor. Okay. Yeah. The truth is once they let me in, because they will. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, cause if they don't, can you imagine what the paparazzi would do? That would be even better. I'd be like, I can't get in. I'd start crying. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> if they don't let you in, sweetie, I, you've got fodder and material for your fucking show. Here no, it would be weeks. amazing. No, listen, I'd be like, David, do you have a handkerchief? They won't let me in. You know, I'd like throw the $25,000 glasses on the ground. Like it would get really good. Like it would be a whole thing. But, the lawyer, and then and then the fans will go crazy when they see you. Yeah, exactly. So so, but th- then I have like my secret agenda, which is we have like a rendezvous where the real fucking party's happening. <laughs> I love <laughs> which, that. Like I'm hosting across the street that everybody's invited to and is the most fun. And all the my friends that are Bravo celebrities that aren't going to fucking BravoCon, but should be going to BravoCon are at. But and- can I just say something? I'll be at that. Cause I'm not even so sh- I'm being really No, but serious. that's my point. It'll be the best fucking party because yeah. you know what? Nobody at that party will ever, you know, we'll, we'll all be inclusive, not exclusive. Right. And we'll make everybody understand that this sorority that we're all a part of in fraternity is something greater than Bravo. It transcends it. You know, it's, um, it's so fun. I, I agree with all of that. And I agree so much that I'm not even sure. I mean, how can I say this? I secretly hope that there is not another Bravo con. Honestly, no, no, we would be across the street. I'll get Nini there. I will call Nini. Nini, I'll be like, throw your shoe out the window, girl. She, she's the craziest. And I'll get all my friends. You get your friends. And then then it'll be, and I'll invite Heather and I'll be like, Heather, you're VI fucking P and, and David's VIP and all the people that through the years haven't felt loved will feel the love. And, and that will be the best party. Yeah, because I'm not sure I could handle BravoCon again now that I'm like an established name, if no, that makes any sense. No, again, it sounds hurtful. like an ego. No, it's But also hurtful. like I don't need to deal and stand in line and be like, oh, there's Teresa. Like, it's like I speak to you on my podcast. No, like, listen, I, w- I promise this. If I, if we- if we're not we survive going. COVID, yes. we're doing this party. Okay, I, I love personally it. call Brandy Glanville- who you know I have like oh, for God. 10 years altercations with. And yeah. I will tell her that I will give her a fucking apology if she comes to my party, but then I won't. <laughs> and listen, we have the whole OC. We have And Lynn it'll be Curtin. fucking great. We're going to have the anti BravoCon, And I have Lynn Curtin. I'm friends with. I'm friends with Alexis. You're friends with Peggy. We yeah. can get everybody. I mean, oh I, I know God, Peggy too. Be so great. I'm so That excited. sounds like a great idea. Okay, I mean, listen, it. those are the ones. I mean, that's the thing. It's like when these, and that's the other thing. I see patterns in all these people I speak to. So when these women come on, not Sarin, she's very nice. But when these women come on and they're so arrogant and whatever, and I'm just like, feel like saying like, sweetheart. The joke's on you because I own the behind. Like I will be sitting in this seat in five years. David, five. But you see what I'm saying? No, no. Listen, this is that you have become a victim of your own thing that you know about. Let me tell you something. This is me talking to you as a friend. Oh God, I'm not bitter. No, listen. This is really important. Okay, so you've become a celebrity. You have. Okay. Thank you, darling. You have, you become your own celebrity. And the thing is that with that comes the same, um, yeah, you get chip on your shoulder. No, it's the same chip on your shoulder that all the reality stars feel like, why is she getting more camera time? Why am I not included? Why am I not formally invited? Why is Andy standing next to Lisa in in the picture? How come she right, has to jump right. on the table? How come I'm down here? How come I got canceled? How come I got to? 
all of that is it, it's it's the beast and it is this and you have become a little bit victim to that by becoming so successful in what you're doing and you're becoming like these other people that you're like oh my god I don't want to become that so I'm stopping it and that is why we're doing it. the I'm not invited to fucking BravoCon party which is going to be more amazing. <laughs> it is. And can I honestly <laughs> say this? God. And I'm going to set you free right now before this toxifies you any further. Okay. We're fine. Doing but can I tell you, I really have come a long way. Cause like 8,100 million people DM'd me that night that those four people were on watch what happens. And they're like, first of all, this is the second time that they've done this. So I'm already over it. And they were like, why aren't you on watch what happens? And I'm like, listen, that's very nice. Like that, that's a compliment, right? That all my listeners are reaching out out of nowhere and being like, why aren't you on? It's kind of like, I'm okay not being on because I could, I as a human being could never be that person that, plays that game. But you know what? Let me tell you where this began. Bravo started with involving people that weren't the right guy, that didn't fit in perfect, that didn't have the one liners, that weren't the, you know, and that's how they got to where they are. So I would say that everybody at NBC, Bravo and Andy and all of them need to remember that the anomalies, the people on the outside, the people that didn't fit into the mold were your triumphant moments. And don't forget that because that is where the future lies. That is why influencers on TikTok, you know, like Charlie, who are just out there, you know, they're just doing whatever they want. They're becoming, you know, they're, they're, superseding the networks in terms of, of being, you know, I mean, like Charlie DeMar, it got Perez Hilton kicked off TikTok. I know. Really? Wait, why? Oh yeah. And he was crying. It's sad. Charlie DeMarro. Yeah. He, he was crying. Wait, but why? Okay. Tell him the story. Go ahead. No, I really don't. I think like I, it's the same thing. Like I just think people hate Perez. No, it's not. It's not what happened. I know everything. I you felt do. bad. I wanted to say something to her because she does, she does repost my shit sometimes, believe it or not. And um, I was going to say something to her. I wanted her to come on the podcast, but she, I, I was being controversial. I was like, I live for you taking down Chris um, Kardashian. <laughs> Who is this? Okay. So Charlie DeMauro, am I saying her last name right? Probably not. I know I don't say anything oh, right. So are those those TikTokers, those girls? Yeah, oh. but what's the name? She's Radek. Okay, I'm, I'm a huge fan of hers, by the way. And what mm. she's done is she took on uh, Chris Jenner, and I was like, "Fuck me!" I was so impressed at the balls of this little girl. And what I was she saying which one well, over one? It was basically <laughs> Chris Chris Jenner um, was saying I never heard of her. Oh and- no, you know who that is? That's the girl I try to get on my podcast. That's Ava Louise. Oh, Ava. Yes. Sorry. Uh, I, I went sniffing. Let me tell you, <laughs> I fucking went sniffing around Ava Louise. Okay. So Ava Louise actually reposted one of my stories. And so Ava, I reached out to her. I don't follow her, but I, I, I should follow her because she's pretty cool. And I reached out to her and I said, I live for the fact that you're taking down Chris Jenner. And I said, I love it because it's so ballsy. It's just so ballsy. And so then I said, uh, she was trying to downplay it, like get off the the legal tip so they wouldn't sue her or whatever. Yeah. But I was saying to her, you must have gossip on Chris because how, yeah. how else would you say what you say? Either that or you have more power. That was my DM to her. And what'd she say? And she didn't respond. Well, guess what? But she had already posted my shit. Yeah. I reached out to her because I wanted her on because I'm like, how genius. See, this is what I mean. I I go chasing people like this. How genius to like make this whole thing up. It's like she jokes on all of us. She didn't make it up. (laughs) Uh, Well, whatever it was, I wanted her on my podcast and she responded within two seconds, like, sure. So I'm like, okay, like, you know, I'm available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days. I mean, you know. Did you get her on? No, I was like, hello. No, she and just, then she just I had like, my team reach out to her and she, 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 apparently that's what she does. She's like, sure. 
Yeah. And then she never responds. Yeah. Now I think if I emailed her and I said, Hey, Ava Louise, I'll throw you $500. I'm not going to do that. It's a slippery slope. I've never paid for a guest in my life, but I guarantee you, if I said you want $500, she'll, she would be on my podcast from her sweats at home. Guaranteed. Well, I mean, I, I just reached out to her and said, thanks for posting my thing to all your fans. That was really cool. <laughs> That's where it started. But then I was like, I live for this fight for Kris Jenner. But then I think she yeah. got scared because also I had proximity to Kyle. So it was probably like a little too close to comfort for her. She was like, I better not. She's a legend. Yeah. And, but Charlie D'Amelio is the one who actually got um, Perez kicked off TikTok. So Casey, what happened was Charlie um, Perez had made fun of Charlie dancing and said, should a 15 year old really be dancing around? Like, I guess, provocatively. Mm -hmm. And then Charlie's fans turned on Perez Hilton, but Charlie has so many fans Charlie owns TikTok. Let's just tell Casey that. Like Charlie's makes them like whatever Perez is, Charlie's like times 800. Yeah. So Charlie basically's fans said, I'm, we're going to report you. So they reported him as like a pedophile looking like at her as a young. Yeah. Even though he was criticizing it, they looked at it like, why are you looking at her sexually? And he's gay. Let's throw that in there. Well, there's Wait, that. This is kind of fucked up. I don't. I, this is I think weird. it's just the business aspect of it. I think it's just like we can't lose. Like Charlie, I think is getting her own reality show. I think. So then I think that's the rumor. Well, Char- I've listened to Charlie's podcast and it's good, but I don't know about a reality show. She'd have to really. She has a YouTube channel. She has a podcast. She's. I'm. I'm a big fan of what she does, which is she connects with young people, and I think that's amazing. But I, hmm. I don't know how interesting it'll be because I don't know, like reality is different than TikTok, I know. YouTube. It's I, not I, I haven't short. seen any of these like TikTokers or Viners or really like Instagram comedians kind of bridge over to something else. It's yeah. because it's easy to be entertaining in one minute and it's not easy to be entertaining in 45. Right. And it's fleeting. The biz- I mean, because I've yeah. had Perez on my show a lot and Perez has said, mind you, he fucking follows them all. If you have a, right. a hot guy, Perez fucking likes your shit 24 hours a day. Yeah. But Perez is like, you know, anyone with a hot body, which is true, is now on TikTok and reels or whatever. Well, he lost three grand a month because she kicked him off and he was crying over it. So what does that he say was. about his finances well he was making three thousand from tiktok yeah well let me answer that you asked a question i don't remember anything in life but when i interview i did ask i brought up to perez about his financial situation because you know i like to go there on the four times he was on and i said he's like before you even ask this if you tell me i'm worth 30 million dollars because that is what it says when you google like celebrity net worth like he, he knew what i was going to ask and he's like listen he's like these figures are wrong He's like, if I pulled my kids out of private school and my mother didn't have her house, like, I I know these are first world problems, but he's like, you know, like I pay for my mother's house. I pay for my kids in private school. I pay for my family who works for me, my assistant. And he's like, there's really not that much money left. Well, I'm going to do a little request then. Charlie, we're huge fans of yours, although I hope you are ready for reality shows because it's a whole different beast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, You are welcome on Behind the Velvet Rope. I know I'm just some bullshit Bravo celebrity from like 10 years ago, but I'm begging you to take pity on little Perez Hilton and help him get his, 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 what is it, TikTok back so that he can make the three grand for his family. You don't, you know, you know. Is that why he was crying though? Or was he, I thought he was just crying because he was crying because like, this is his life. Like, no, listen, he was I've crying never... because do you know how much fucking work it takes to make three grand on TikTok? I know. I mean, it's like, you think you work hard? When I had Perez on, I hung up most of the times feeling like a piece of shit. Like, yes, Perez works like a dog. Like he's like, what do, what do you mean you're on Instagram all day? What about TikTok? What about Reels? What I'm like, I don't even know what half these things are. He's like, and then you need to be doing this and this. And I'm just like, what? So yes, to your point, 
My, to my point is you need to, yeah. And I feel bad for Perez because he's an older guy and he's not, you know, he is hard to get along with because of the things he's done, but he did pave the way for all of us. And I have respect for that. He took a lot of shit to do it. And there wouldn't be TikTok and there wouldn't be Instagram and there wouldn't be any of this shit without him because he broke the mold on what was okay and what wasn't okay. And he made taboo interesting. So I really beg Charlie to reconsider it. Okay. So let's just get that out there. Do you know what they're also, I agree with everything you just said. Every time he comes on, I get hate comments and I respond to every time. Cause I mean, Perez is tagged, you know, I gotta, but I do say like Perez is an icon, which I will stand by. Perez is a fucking icon. He did this before any of us ever thought that this was, it's easy to do this now that it's a thing, but Perez was sitting home drawing dicks on people's faces when like people (laughs) were like, you're making a dollar. No, and I read, I read his thing about his shame around that, but I was like, why? Because you know what? A a lot of people in Hollywood deserve to have dicks drawn on their faces. Do you know what there also wouldn't be though without Perez Hilton and Casey doesn't know this. What? There wouldn't be Dana Wilkie, (laughs) $25,000 sunglasses, her childhood dream, one of her childhood dreams in life in life was to be mentioned on Perez Hilton. Now she goes on a national Bravo reality show, R-H-O-B-H, biggest ever, not really, but let's just say that. $25,000 sunglasses, (laughs) huge iconic moment. People are still talking about this. Perez doesn't have any interest in picking up anything about Dana and her 25s. Guess what? She comes on a podcast behind the velvet rope. And because David knows what he's doing and knows how to get a soundbite, I got Data to say something, and then she got on Perez Hilton. What I want you to know is that what you did, which was really a profound, amazing experience, yes. was that Perez hates housewives, generally speaking, unless he has to talk about them. That backstory you forgot to mention. And, and, and I was like a huge fan of Perez's for years. I thought he was really groundbreaking and brave. And... um he never would acknowledge any housewife really. And so I was like, I'll never have a chance to be mentioned on somebody who I really thought was cool. And after I went on behind the velvet rope and Perez Hilton was the episode following mine, he must've heard it maybe, or maybe he heard from you. I don't know, but he mentioned me so nicely in an article and it really just made my whole day. Maybe you're welcome. Hmm. <laughs> Your backstory is correct, though. He doesn't like to talk. He really. won't acknowledge I mean, reality. He's, he's talked about like Vanderpump, like when he talked Over about Cedric. Years. Yeah, but you remember, yeah. I'm on the first three years. Yeah. I'm not. It's on not his later. forte. He thinks you know. Listen, a no, lot of at papers- that time he wouldn't ever acknowledge us as celebrities. He said it. It was only later that you know reality took off to a whole new level that he did. Yes. But even now it's not his, like, it really needs to be like Bethany, Lisa. It needs to be something special. Cause he ain't, he's not so well, thrilled with how he fucking said Dana Wilkie. Woo! <laughs> Come on. $25,000 sunglasses. It's not like we can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> 